Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Stellantis Full Year 2022 results. I will now hand over to our host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And this episode, we are going to cover Stellantis's uh, H2 half two earnings call. Stellantis doesn't do an earnings call every quarter. They do it at the six month mark and at the one year mark. I didn't know you could do that, but apparently you can. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, as a result, this was a two hour-long earnings call. It was insane. Uh, we are not going to go anywhere near two hours for this episode. This is heavily edited, only down to the bits and pieces that uh, involve EVs and nothing else, trimmed all of the fat. Before we get into that, though, I was really fortunate on Monday, which was, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so the two days ago, I got to sat, sit down with Allison Sheridan of the NoSilicast, and we talked about three EVs that are under the price of thirty thousand U.S. dollars. The EVs we discussed were the BYD Seagull, the ID2 All, which is also called the ID2. I guess the ID2 All is the concept. Uh, I don't know. I'm still learning more about this. <laughs> Terrible name that they've decided to give it. And then we talked about the GWM Aura. Now, when you're my friend, <laughs> sometimes you have to um, deal with the bozo tax. And the bozo tax is when I am frazzled and have a hard time saying words and talking. Uh, sometimes I'm all over the place. Forming thoughts is difficult. Allison, who is my friend, had to deal with the Bodhi Bozo tax on this episode. Um, I think the episode turned out fine. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had a little bit of a false start. I said a swear word. We had to start over all over again. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Allison. I appreciate it. And I love you. Uh, you're a nice person uh, to let me start over again. But anyway, uh, this is going to come out on Sunday, as far as I know. So go to podfeet.com 
For more information, you can also go to your podcatcher and you can type in Nosilla Cast, N-O-S-I-L-L-A Cast. And she's got another very good podcast called Chit Chat Across the Pond. But honestly, podfeed.com is going to be your best source. All right, I have one more announcement, but I'm going to save that till the end because I want to respect your time. Let's go ahead and jump into Stellantis's uh, H2 2022 earnings call. Like I said, this was two hours long, and they only do these, as best as I can tell, every six months. You have H1, which will happen in June, and H2. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting way to do things. Also, uh, Stellantis got the memo. They they have excellent audio quality. Some of the callers, like the analyst calls, are really hard to understand. But the actual presenters from Stellantis did a fantastic job. And you can actually he- hear and understand them. They got good quality mics in their uh, whatever room they were recording in. So kudos to you, Stellantis. Carlos Taveras is the CEO. He has opening remarks. These opening remarks were 39 minutes long, and he talked nonstop, and he didn't make any mistakes for 39 minutes. I can't record this podcast for two minutes without having to re-record a section. So this was less of an opening remarks by Carlos. This was more of a TED Talk. Um, I've broken this down into several small parts, and of course, we did not you're not going to hear 39 minutes of, of Carlos talking. You're only going to hear uh, several small sections. So let's go ahead and jump into Carlos Taveras' opening remarks. Let's get started. Uh, it's an understatement to say that uh, 2022 has been a challenging year. It has been a, a year where we saw rising geopolitical tensions, regulatory chaos, supply chain disruptions, strong inflation, and uh, despite all of those headwinds, our company has demonstrated once again that uh, we are resilient, that we are an all-weather company, and that we deliver results. This is a a very high-level summary of 2022. I would like to express to each and every of the Stellantis employees my sincere and very warm consideration, my deep thanks for what they have done for the company. They have demonstrated that they are a great team. They are resilient. They are focused. They have a great business sense. And here we are to celebrate today the results they have achieved. I would like also to express my sincere appreciation to our union partners. They have been highly mature having a perfect understanding of what's going on in the world, understanding that the challenges that are in front of the company right now are external challenges. And because those challenges are external, it's best to align internally to get things done and to execute our uh, strategic plan. So I would like also to express to our uh, union partners my sincere appreciation. Last but not least, this talent is bored has uh, demonstrated a very strong support to the management and to the employees, always with demanding questions, yet helping the company to move forward. We are in the second year of Stellantis, so it's important that the board is fully supporting what we are doing. It is perfectly the case. 
and I would like to thank the board for their uh, trust and for the autonomy and support that they have given us. Uh, we continue to uh, execute our Therefore 2030. Just taking an example of electrification, we have currently 23 electric vehicles on sale. By the end of this year, we'll have 32, nine more. And by the end of next year, 24, we will double what we have today, as we'll be at 47 pure BEVs by the end of this year. It's also important that you realize that the 41 sales BV growth rate has been achieved only with European sales, which means that we didn't even start the BV offensive in the US market, but we are going to start this year. From this year, in 2023, we introduced the Ram ProMaster EV in the US market. So from this year, we start the EV offensive in the US market, and we achieve 41% sales growth in 22, mostly on the basis of the European sales. It is also important to recognize that we are by far the leaders of the LCV market in Europe, and that in Europe, in the LCV BV market, we have 42.7% of market share in the LCV BV market. So you see what this demonstrates is that the technology of Stellantis in terms of electrification is very much appreciated by the consumers. We were blessed with the fact that the first product that has been launched in the Stellantis era, the Jeep Avenger, the first ever pure Jeep EV, has been awarded Car of the Year, which is a very strong recognition of our capability. And therefore, it gives the, the team another encouragement to move fast and strong in this transformation. We are the number two in uh, BV sales in the European market, number two being number one in France with the Peugeot E208 and number one in Italy with the Fiat uh, New 500. So again, our pure EV cars are appreciated and the technology is demonstrating a great deal of maturity. Our market share in uh, LEV is at uh, 15.7. In pure BEV, our market share is at 16.2. And uh, we were, to a certain extent, hurt by uh, an outbound logistic problem that has been uh, somewhere uh, reducing our market share uh, in Europe. And this is one of the operational issues that we are now fixing. It's an opportunity to do better in uh, 2023. I believe that in the next couple of months, this will be behind us. It has been painful. We have understood where uh, the uh, outbound logistic issues were. We are addressing them. They are multiple. It's not one single reason, but we are addressing each of them with a specific action plan. We have also delivered on what we committed to you by uh, being now live on the electric motor production in our uh, Tremery uh, plant in France. And we are going to be live in the H1 2023 on the electric transmissions. And I would add to this that on the second half of 2023, we will be producing battery cells in our first European gigafactory. So in 2023, our first gigafactory in Europe in Douvrin will be operating on the D samples to validate uh, the production and then go full production by the beginning of next year. So Enlarged Europe is uh, on track 
to deliver its uh, electrification plan. Uh, in large Europe is uh, highly profitable, doing a, a great job in terms of uh, BEV sales. There is potential to do better. There is potential to go faster uh, once we solve our outbound logistic uh, issues, and we will. And our uh, manufacturing footprint is now ready, not only to manufacture the electric components like the motors and the e-transmissions, but very soon to manufacture the battery cells. It's also important that you realize that uh, our BEV sales growth in Europe is among the best, if not the best of the industry, uh, including against people that you generally consider as being the leaders on this matter. Let's start with uh, the issues that he sees. This, these are the same issues that all of the other auto manufacturers are seeing when we've listened to these earnings calls. The issues are geopolitical, supply chain, and inflation. Uh, hopefully, inflation is going to turn around and we won't go into a recession or we won't slip further into a recession, depending on who you talk to. Um, supply chain, like I said, that, that seems to be working itself out. Uh, we're kind of, it seems like we're at the end of supply chain issues, although there is some lingering problems. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if he talked about it in this clip, but later on, he's going to talk about some production issues that Stellantis had that they are correcting. And then there's really nothing that a company like Stellantis or, you know, individuals are going to do about the geopolitical issues because there's just a lot going on in the world right now. Um, one of the things that I really like when CEOs take the time to thank their employees and if the 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 um, organization works with unions, um, they thank the unions. And he did that. Carlos took the time to do that. And I thought he – I really felt he was genuine in this regard. I don't know him. This is the first time – I didn't even know he existed before this earnings call, to be honest with you. Uh, so – I don't know if he's being genuine, but I felt like he was being genuine because this was a theme throughout the call. And he made a um, a lot of effort to make sure to say he appreciates the understanding of the unions and the, the hard work of the employees several times, not just in the beginning. Let's see here. Stellantis is a battery electric vehicle. He says BEV a lot. Uh, growth was 47%. A lot of that growth came from outside of the United States because Stellantis does not have any sort of meaningful foothold in EVs here in the U.S. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and include North America on that, although they are getting there with the Ram EV and the EV Jeeps that they're building. They're going to build an electric motor production plant at the latter half of 2023, and then they're going to start validating battery cell production soon. Next up, we're going to get to the second part of Carlos's remarks. So let's go ahead and jump into that. We are now successfully introducing our uh, national sales company for CBU sales and the Jeep Direct online sales in the Chinese market. It's, wor it's working very well. It's contributing to the increase of the profitability in China. And uh, even more important, we are now, as we speak, manufacturing the first new Citroën C3 EV version based on the smart car platform, which is going to give us a fantastic tool to be competitive against new entrants in the mature markets, i.e. the Chinese entrants in the mature markets. So we have the tool 
with a smart car uh, platform-based family and with the EV technology that we have on that platform, we have now the tool to be able to fight on the middle of the market, if not the low end of the market, in terms of profitability and cost competitiveness vis-à-vis the new entrants. If we move from here to the brands, uh, let's start uh, with Jeep, our global SUV brand. Uh, Jeep doing a, a, fantastic, a fantastic job. The first ever pure EV, the Jeep Avenger, as I said, was awarded European Car of the Year 2023, uh, which demonstrates that uh, uh, the teams did not waste any any time to bring the EV technology to Jeep in the European market. We are now starting the sales of, of this product very soon. We will bring also uh, in um, in 24 the uh, all-electric uh, Recon from Jeep and the Wagoneer S, a compact Wagoneer, pure EVs that will reinforce our position, namely uh, in the US market. We have successfully launched the Grand Cherokee 4xE and it's now ramping up on the segment share quite nicely. And uh, we keep we keep, uh, keep on expanding the sales of this icon. As you can see, uh, we are also now expanding the sales of Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer around the world. Very profitable product, very high-end product for uh, this brand. And of course, Middle East and Africa represent a big opportunity that we are going to grasp in uh, 2023. When you look at RAM, we have the uh, all-time highest uh, US average transaction price. Uh, that's great. It means that our customers are recognizing the value that we create with the RAM pickup trucks. Pricing power is fine. Uh, as I said, the ProMaster BEV is going to be launched this year in H1, and we'll start delivering those BEV vans in H2. But more importantly, you have seen at the CES in January, the brand new 1500 BV pickup truck from Ram. You have seen the appeal. You have seen the fantastic creativity that our teams have demonstrated through the different functionalities. And you can also trust that uh, our performance index against our competitors in terms of combining, towing, payload, speed of charging, and range, using those four performance KPIs, I can assure you that we are going to have the most competitive BV pickup truck in the US market. So more to come. Stay tuned. This is going to be big news very soon. I can also tell you that uh, when we open the pre-orders for the next uh, BV 1500 Ram pickup truck, we were sold out in three days for the first model year. So three days to sell the whole production of the first model year of the BV pickup truck. If we go to Dodge, Dodge has been doing a fantastic job uh, with the Challenger. We are the number one selling muscle car in the U.S., for the second year in a row. Pricing power is stellar. And we are now introducing the all-new Hornet that will start deliveries uh, in uh, H1 2023. So we will reinforce the business of Dodge uh, in uh, in this year. And I can tell you that uh, the way we are preparing for the e-muscle car in the future is just outstanding from Every different dimension I have seen, sound, acceleration, performance, design, 
connectivity, features, you name it. Uh, the e-dodge is going to be a fantastic, uh, fantastic success in this market. So those were the American brands. If you now go to the upper mainstream, uh, mostly Opel, Vauxhall, and Peugeot, uh, it's interesting to see that Opel, within the Stellantis brand portfolio, is the fastest growing brand in BV sales. So the Opel global BV sales rate increase is 52%. As you remember, for a whole Stellantis, it was 41. Opel is on the leading edge of BV sales, which is fantastic. This is what uh, we like them to do, and they have been increasing uh, this, uh, this uh, sales of BVs year over year in a significant manner. It's the, the only brand where the total market share in the BV market is higher than the total market share in the total market. So Opel is on the edge of electrification. The Corsa continues to be a big success. Number one selling car in Germany and UK on this segment hatch. Pricing power is fine. And among the different uh, uh, LCV brands we have, Opel is the number one in terms of uh, BV sales. Number one in sales uh, growth. Number one in LCV sales. Which is demonstrating that within the Stellantis galaxy, Opel is the leading brand in terms of electrification. At the same time, Peugeot has demonstrated great success. The number one selling car in U30 for the Peugeot 208. The number one selling car uh, on the E208, starting with France, of course. And uh, pricing power is the reference of the market. Uh, growing outside of, uh, outside of Europe. And this BEV sales momentum will continue with five new C-segment BEVs in the next two years. So now Peugeot is pushing very hard on the BEV sales, already number one with the E208, but will continue to reinforce its leading, its leading position. If we move now to uh, the core brands, with Citroën and Fiat, um, as I said, the big news is the launch of the new Citroën C3 based on the uh, smart car platform. Sales are growing steadily uh, in India and in Brazil. The launch has been successful. Very tight control of quality, which is fine. And we are ramping up nicely uh, with uh, those products that have the capability to fight against the newcomers. As I said in the introduction, we are now manufacturing the EV version of the Citroën C3 right now in India for India. But that is going to be an opportunity for other markets uh, as need be. Pricing power is fine. The Oli concept that was uh, launched in, uh, in Europe has uh, shown the vision for the brand. And this vision is going to translate in great new products very soon. So I can tell you that this concept car has been... Uh, extremely inspiring to show us the way to be modern, clean, affordable, and light in the way we bring uh, zero-emission mobility to our customers. At the same time, Fiat has been doing a great job. Fiat brand is a market leader in Brazil, in Turkey, and Italy. Strong market shares, as you can see. The Fiat 500e is the third most sold BV in Europe, number one in Italy, number two in Spain, number three in Germany. 
could have been better had we had more supply. So we were limited by the supply, but the potential of this product is much higher than number three. Pricing power is fine. And uh, the brand new Fiat BEVs are now coming. They will start this year in 23. And you see now the power of Stellantis at work. All the new BEVs from Fiat, as much as you have seen the Jeep Avenger, are coming. And uh, I can tell you that uh, given the capability of this team to uh, sell, I can tell you there is a, a very bright future ahead, given the pipeline of products that we have for this, uh, for this brand. So very excited about what we are going to see. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. With that rundown that he just ran through all the brands in Stellantis, you really see that they are a global automaker in the truest sense of the term, right? Uh, he talked about the Citron C3, which is a smart car that or a uh, EV built on the smart car platform. It's going to be released in a variety of markets, including China. Um, this wasn't on purpose, but when Alice and I sat down on Monday and discussed the three EVs that I told you about, uh, two of those automakers are from China, and those are BYD, which is Build Your Dreams, and Great Wall Motors. So that even just kind of ties into that conversation with Allison. The Jeep Avenger was the European car of the year in 2023. Uh, Ford, or Ford, uh, the, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4XE uh, is going well. Let's see. He talked about the Promaster BEV, which is a work van that uh, uh, Dodge has or Stellantis Ram 
I think Ram's a brand now and, and not a under the Dodge brand. As far as the Ram 1500 EV goes, this is not the Ram Rev that concept that they showed off at uh, CES. This is far from it. And we really won't know uh, what kind of a vehicle in terms of quality this is um, and efficiency until it's released. So fingers crossed. I hope Ram does a good job on this. But this is a, this is a big task for sure. Talked a bit about the Challenger BEV. One of the things that I think is funny is they really put um, an emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. <laughs> they're, they're really highlighting the Challenger BEV and the pretend mo- uh, motor engine sound, the pretend engine sound. I'm not really sure people really care about the engine sound and maybe they'll care for a few months, but after that, I don't think anybody cares. And if it gets turned off by accident, they're not going to turn it back on because it's a pretend engine sound. It's an MP3. It's nothing. It's not that big of a deal. Don't underestimate the sound of an electric motor winding up as you accelerate as being uh, exciting. Like when I hear an electric motor, winding up and you're accelerating really fast to me that's a better sound than a pretend motor (laughs) motor sound that sounds like a gas motor i don't know i i i think they're putting too much emphasis on that sound talked a little bit about opal being the fastest growing bev sales for them uh leading the brands when it comes to electrification They talked about Peugeot having five new C-segment vehicles. And as best as I can tell, C-segment is a European term, and it's just like a regular size sedan. They also mentioned LCV, which is like commercial vehicle when you hear that. Uh, Let's see. Citron C3, we talked a little bit about that. He did talk about hydrogen vehicles, but I cut that out. But the hydrogen vehicles that he he was speaking of were for commercial vehicles. Talked a little bit about Alfa Romeo, but I cut that out. I can't remember if he talked about it in the clip that I just played you or this is coming up on the next clip. But he does talk a little bit about uh, their software strategy, which has three pillars. The STLA or Stella Brain. And I went to their website to get this information. This is how they uh, frame the Stella brain. The heart of a transformation to customer-centric services is the new electrical, electronic, and software architecture, the Stella brain. This service-oriented architecture, which is fully cloud-integrated, disconnects the hardware and software cycles, enabling the creation of uh, deployment of features and services more rapidly through over-the-air updates without the need to wait for a new hardware launch. So this is just making the car better over time. Um, You know, not new. And then the second pillar is the Stella cockpit. Built on top of the Stella brain, the Stella smart cockpit will seamlessly seamlessly integrate with the digital lives of vehicle occupants, transforming the vehicle into a personalized living space. The Stella smart cockpit, its next generation interface offers users a more natural way of interacting with their vehicle based on inputs ranging from touch and voice to glance and gesture. And then finally, we have the Stella auto drive. Developed in partnership with BMW, 
the Stella Auto Drive will offer level two, level two plus, level two plus is a marketing term, and level three autonomous driving capabilities, which will be continuously upgraded through over the year updates. We are already selling the best level two solution with semi automated lane changes, and we are preparing for release of our first level three solutions. And it goes on to mention that Stellantis is actually working with Waymo for level four and above autonomous driving. That part was actually interesting. All right, let's move on to our third and final part of Carlos's opening remarks. If we look at the uh, full electrification ecosystem, it's a rewarding slide, a little bit busy, but quite rewarding. Uh, Not only we are uh, growing our BV sales by 41%, which I think in the automotive industry is a very nice number, if not the best. We are currently selling 23 pure BV models. By the end of this year, 23 will be at 32. By the end of next year, we'll be doubling against uh, 22 at 47 models BVs. What does it mean? It means that the execution capability of Stellantis in delivering the ramp-up of the BV models that we bring to the market, and we told you 75-plus models by 2030, just means that we are perfectly on track. As you imagine, 47 in 2024 is absolutely uh, the right number to be at 75 by 2030. So the execution capability of the company is a reality. It's not a surprise for me, but perhaps for some of you. And I just would like you to recognize this reality. In the meanwhile, our gigafactories are on. We have selected the five sites, Duvrin, Kaiserslautern, Thermoli, Windsor, and Kokomo, in France, Germany, Italy, Canada, and the U.S., We have some uh, very expert partners, uh, in addition to ACC, like LG and Samsung. You see the gigawatt hours capacity of those plants. We are on track to be at 400 gigawatt hours by 2030. And one of the big things that was highlighted a few months ago, which was how do we secure the raw materials, has been progressing significantly. You see here a list of five companies with which we have signed some strategic deals. It's about securing the supply of lithium, hydroxide, the supply of manganese, sulfate, nickel, and cobalt. And we have been securing the supply of those raw materials because we don't want to run out of battery supply the day the market starts really to achieve uh, what we expect it will achieve. At the same time, uh, we continue to develop our ecosystem of electric components, e-motors, our JV with the NIDEC is now uh, live, producing uh, the M3 uh, electric motor that I was mentioning, already equipping our B-segment BVs. E-transmission, bringing the electrified uh, DCTs to the market this year. Factorial, working on solid-state batteries for 2026. And Symbio, uh, in which we took a stake uh, to have access to the best fuel cell technology on the stack. So all of this is now being set up. As you imagine, a few years ago, nothing of this existed. So uh, I just would like to recognize the very strong contribution from our planning team, our purchasing team, our manufacturing team. I can tell you in the backyard, 
They have been uh, working 24-7 to get this done. And uh, it's also a demonstration that we are not talking about transformation. We are doing it. Please realize, we are not talking about it. We are just doing it. It's important that we understand that. Let's now go to one of our most exciting uh, uh, products, the the new all-electric Ram 1500, the REV. You have seen it at the CES. Uh, it will uh, it will come by the end of uh, next year. Great deal of uh, functionalities, fantastic design, a fantastic performance in terms of combining payload, towing, speed of charge, and range. And I can tell you to a certain extent the fact that we are coming to the market after a few of our uh, respected competitors is something that we are fully leveraging to bring the most competitive BVP pickup truck to the market. This is, um, of course, a big challenge for our North American teams, and their talent and their focus will make the difference. And this is what we try to convey to you at the CES in January this year. All right. Some of the stuff in that clip we've already covered, so we're just going to go through this really quick. Uh, full electrification transformation is what they're working towards. They're, they currently have five gigafactories on track uh, to be opened soon, which is and these are scra- scattered all around the world. So that's pretty cool. It sounds like Stellantis is putting itself in position to be a real competitor in terms of EVs. Now, whether they can build an affordable and compelling product in the future, that remains to be seen. But they're putting all the pieces in place so that they can um, be a player in the EV market. I don't know if they would be a leader in the EV market, but a player nonetheless. Uh, When Tesla started building electric vehicles, a lot of the parts that they needed to succeed were not widely available or available for what they wanted to do. Maybe they had to repurpose some parts to make it work in like the Roadster and the Model S, for instance. Or some of these parts maybe weren't available in the quantities that Tesla needed. And at that same time, very few people were actually trained on building electric vehicles, manufacturing electric vehicles. And those who were trained on building these vehicles built very underwhelming EVs. Um, that was then that was 10 plus years ago. Now there's a whole marketplace for EVs. I understand that a lot of these automakers are building these products in house, um, and doing as little as, or at least they're saying they're, they're doing this. They're doing as little as outsourcing as they, they can get away with. Um, they have tier one, tier two suppliers, But in reality, if they can do it themselves and it makes financial sense, they're doing it. The message that I got, the overall message that I got from the opening remarks from Carlos was that they are working on this transition towards EVs. Um, The ICE business, the, the internal combustion engine business that Stellantis has is still doing very well. Um, And it doesn't sound like they're getting rid of that anytime soon, but They have all of those components in place, parts, software, powertrains, battery cells, service, raw materials, and more. They talked about all of this stuff. Honestly, I, in my head, had preconceived notions about this, and I did not think that they were going to 
um, have a very good grip on EVs. And we were just going to hear maybe some lip service paid every now and again on the earnings call. And that was it. And that was not the case. It's definitely a focus. I don't know how serious they are internally, but on externally, I got the feeling that they are very serious about this transformation, which makes me happy. Now we're going to move to our analyst questions. And our first question comes from George Gaylers, and he's going to ask about electrification. Um, and it's a financial question, but it still has good information that I think is helpful for folks who listen to the show. Thank you. And thank you for taking my question. Um, I had two questions really surrounding slide 16 on electrification. Obviously, you've seen a very big improvement in your battery electric vehicle volumes and your market leader in commercial vehicles in Europe and second overall. But when we look at the profitability in Europe, you're still very close to a 10% margin. So the first question I had was, could you just give us some insight into how the gross margin on your battery electric vehicles are faring compared to your ICE vehicles today? And how you think that will evolve as you put all the different pieces of this ecosystem into place over the next two to three years. The second question I had was in reference to the CapEx. Richard, you did mention the capitalization of the various JVs um, around the batteries. Could you just confirm is that included within the 8% CapEx ratio that you're targeting? Thank you. Two very important questions, and thank you for raising that. I'll take the first one, and Richard will take the second one. Um, on the BV, uh, what we need to understand is that um, that will perhaps surprise you, but we don't take margins as a consequence of everything else. Uh, we drive the business to achieve the margins that we need to get from uh, our investments. So we are driving the, the, the margins of the PHEVs and we are driving the margins of the BVs, uh, which means that at one point in time, what uh, we may uh, discover, the two of us, is that uh, uh, there is uh, the need to ensure a higher uh, price competitiveness because, for instance, of new entrants. And uh, not only we are optimizing uh, all of the costs of our electric powertrains, as we are fully vertically integrated, but on top of that, we also consider that we need to work on more breakthrough ideas like the one I mentioned to you about the EV smart car platform-based vehicles that will represent another breakthrough in terms of cost for BVs at the core of the market. So we are addressing from both ends. One end is to say we don't take margin as a result of everything else. We drive margins and then we allocate what needs to be allocated so that the margins are to a certain extent, protected. Uh, what is clear is that uh, we need not only to take care of the amount of margin, but also the rate of profitability, because on average, the uh, net revenue per unit of uh, EVs is higher than the ICEs. So we are working on that. But um, so far, margins are not uh, the big problem. The big problem will come later, which is the affordability of BEVs for the middle classes. That is coming. That is coming uh, within a few a few years. As we see, the new entrants may set uh, a certain level of pressure on the market. That's why we are preparing with the uh, uh, the EV uh, Citroen C3 uh, smart car platform based as an example. But of course, that can be used for other brands uh, as need be. 
So um, we take it from there. And so far, um, the sales of BVs, as you have seen, have not impacted us on our earnings because our earnings are just record, as you have seen. Uh, that's how we see it. Uh, not easy, certainly. Uh, not one single direction. It's not only about uh, uh, selling the value of what we create through high pricing. It's also understanding that new entrants are coming. And against those new entrants, we need specific breakthrough plans that uh, fortunately we could anticipate because if we are manufacturing the new C20, C3 EV right now in India, it's because we decided that three or four years ago, of course. So that was um, hopefully a good anticipation of what could happen with new entrants. Here are a couple of the things that I liked in that answer. Uh, they need to stay price competitive because uh, they're kind of late entrants into this market. They reiterated Stellantis' commitment to EVs. And um, they need to make BEVs or battery electric vehicles affordable for the middle class, which I am 100% on board with. Our next question has to do with the Belvedere plant, which they're actually shutting down. And by shutting the plant down, they had to lay off workers. The question was, what do you have to say to the workers you just laid off at the Belvedere plant? I'm not going to play the initial question because Carlos actually thought the, the gentleman asked something different. And so there was some interaction between Carlos and the person asking the question that just made this uh, clip go longer. So I cut that out. So let's go ahead and listen to that. So the plant is being idled next week. Uh, what is your message to the workers who are being laid off? Well, my message is very simple. By the way, not only to the workers, but to you also. It's very simple. Um, we as uh, citizens have decided to go in an electrification path, which is very, very expensive. This has been decided by the governments on the basis of what the parliaments have decided. So I just would like to tell you that the decision to go on a full electrification path is not a decision that has been made by the car makers. It's a decision that has been made by the states, by the governments. Through uh, the democratic process of uh, listening to the parliament decisions and proposals, the states have decided to go electric. As you know, this is true for Europe. It is true for North America. From there, uh, we have uh, the responsibility to bring safe, clean and affordable solutions to protect freedom of mobility in our societies. And that's our mission. Our mission is to bring clean, safe and affordable solutions to ensure freedom of mobility to our citizens. This is exactly what we are doing. When we do this and we execute on physical evidence what it means to bring a safe, clean and affordable vehicle, we see that there is a very significant challenge on cost. It is not our decision. It is the cost of the technology, specifically the cost of the technology. When you start, you start uh, developing a brand new technology. This additional cost needs to be absorbed in a way or another. If you don't absorb the cost, then either the market is going to shrink dramatically because the middle classes will not be able to buy uh, EVs. If the market shrinks, then the industry needs to shrink. Or 
you don't pass the cost to the consumer. You put yourself in the red and you need to restructure your company because you have put your company in trouble. So you see, in both directions, from a social perspective, it's not very good. So what we need to do is to absorb in a few years, because the time window is imposed on us, we need to optimize the way we go to market. We need to optimize the way we manufacture our BVs. We need to optimize the way we source the components of our BVs to make sure that we absorb the additional cost of this technology to protect the affordability. So anything we will be doing, not specifically with Belvedere, but everywhere in the world, will be aiming at absorbing the additional cost of a technology that was decided by the states, by all the states, in a democratic process. And our job is to make it affordable, to make it safe, and to make it uh, absolutely clean. That's our job. So do we take responsibility for transforming the company to adapt to this new world? Yes, we do. We take responsibility for transforming the company to adapt to a new world. Uh, this new world has been decided by the citizens. It has not been decided by, by our companies. Our companies are in support of something that has been decided by the citizens. So every time we do something, we, we try to do it in a very humanistic way, and I think we have demonstrated that over the last years. We have demonstrated that uh, we, we drive change in a humanistic way and respect our people because they are the highest core value of our company. At the same time, it would be demagogic not to tell them the truth. The truth is the societies have decided a new way of enjoying mobility, our job is to make that new way clean, safe, and affordable. Right now, it's not affordable at all. Right now, the big problem of electrification is to make it affordable, which means absorbing the additional cost, which means transforming the company to be able to bring that affordability to our citizens and our customers. That's what we are doing. And uh, I have no problem to tell you this uh, in a very respectful and friendly manner, as much as I have no problem to say the same thing to all of my employees. As many of you know, I am a proud union member. Um, and if there's a side to pick from, uh, to, to side with, to, to uh, back between management and labor, I usually pick labor just as my natural, that's, that's where I'm naturally drawn because I am technically labor and not management. Having said that, I'm not unrealistic in the fact that I know that unions can be problematic um, in terms of how how we do things. Um, but I think that is mostly in the past. I think uh, we just want a seat at the table. I don't like seeing anybody laid off. I don't think it's an easy decision by most managers. I wouldn't say all because there's probably some that don't care that much. I don't think it's an easy decision to lay off people or to sh shutter a plant that's going to not only um, it's not only going to cause problems for the people who work in the factory, it's going to have overall problems for folks who live in that surrounding area. That sucks. Having said that, I don't think his answer was a bad answer. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> Sounds like he's blaming the government for the layoffs a little bit. Um, he does say that 
you know, the citizens have, have decided that this is the, this is where we're going. Um, and he does re- take responsibility. He says, this is, m- this was my choice to shut it down and we had to do it because it's a cost cutting measure to meet future mandates of what cover governments are mandating and what cu- customers want to buy. Overall, I will say that I think this was a fair answer by Carlos. Our next question and final question is about the RAM EV performance metrics and how does it compare to peers, which includes the Cybertruck? Uh, on the RAM 1500 electric, obviously, you know, very competitive product. Um, can you comment on maybe the, the, the possibility that the target to, to uh, match or even outperform the, the performance metrics we're seeing from, from peers, uh, including the Tesla Cybertruck? Thank you. Uh, on the pickup truck, what we have been doing is, uh, uh, on a voluntary basis, we are being uh, quite vague uh, in the performance KPIs of our pickup truck, our BV pickup truck. Why? Because we don't want to give the information to our competitors. But uh, what I can tell you is that we have spent many, many hours, including me, looking at the performance of our competitors and making sure that when we look at a composite index of charging speed, range, payload, towing, we bring the best offer of the market. Uh, and I'm very excited by the quality of our engineering. Uh, some of it was demonstrated through the uh, concept car you have seen in Las Vegas in January. Uh, I think they are doing a great job. Now we need to let them work, keep their focus, let them be focused on what they do, and hopefully things will, uh, will appear um, by the end of 24. Uh, I'm very positive about the competitiveness of what we are doing. But of course, as always, planning is 10%. Execution is 90%. So right now we are focused on the execution. What is the cost to be competitive? And I'm not necessarily talking about the financial cost. What is the cost to be competitive in a market when you are going to be the third or maybe fourth major player in a space like pickup trucks, the Ram 1500, we already have the F-150 lightning out Chevy's close to releasing their, um, pickup truck, their electric pickup truck. I think that's coming. It's supposed to come in the spring, but I haven't seen hide nor, nor hair of it. So probably maybe in July or August, September, somewhere around that area. And then GMC has their pickup truck that they are, uh, set to release here soon. And then you have the Cybertruck, which may or may not actually see the light of day in 2023. Who knows? We have some Cybertruck news on our Friday show. Um, production news. It's very small. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The cost to be competitive. Like they said that they sold out of EV reservations for the Ram 1500 EV. Uh, they said they sold out in three days and that's great. We don't know how many num, how many vehicles uh, their first year of production will be, but they sold out in three days. That That's good for them. I'm happy for them. But they are late to the game. No, no matter how many times in an earnings call, a CEO says, we are industry leading in uh, EVs. You're not. Tes- unless you're Tesla. And then you are. But if you're not Tesla and what we'll call, we'll say Hyundai in there as well, you're not. You're not industry leading. You are trying to catch up. And right now, 
somebody who has a $100 reservation on a Ram 1500, you don't know how much it's going to cost. You don't really know what the specs are. You don't know 100% when it's going to come out. By the way, these are all the same things that I can say about the Cybertruck now that I'm saying them out loud. But my point is, Ram is coming at this four years after the Cybertruck was announced, right? That's four years. They're coming at this three, two or three years after the F-150 was announced. They're coming at this, uh, you know, months after the GMC Sierra EV was announced. Like, I don't think it's going to be a detriment to them to kind of say, look, here are the specs or features that we're going to tease for the Ram 1500. I don't think that's going to benefit competitors at all. I do think it benefits Ram because if they fall short of those specs, they don't have to make a Mia Copa on that. But yeah, like the Ram 1500, I'm sure will be a nice truck, but it's not the Ram Rev, which got a lot of people excited about, about the electrification of the Ram. It's the, it's the same old truck with an electric motor and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not make it into something that it's not. And it, it's it's not an industry-leading truck. It's a truck that you've announced that you haven't built yet. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Stellantis's earnings call? I thought it was actually pretty good. It, it's, it's a more world-centric and less North American-centric, which I know we have lots of listeners all over the world. Uh, so... I'm kind of hoping that this was interesting to to everybody. I would like your feedback, though. Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at 918digital. And I do want to to give a plug to my other podcast that I do with my buddy Chris. Uh, It's called Shuffle Playlist. There's a link in the show notes. We talk about one song every two weeks. Uh, Each episode is less than 10 minutes, although this next episode is a little longer than 10 minutes. And uh, we talked about Megadeth's song, Sweating Bullets. And if you want to know what it sounds like in my head, if I'm forced to sit in silence for too long, listen to this podcast, uh, because Sweating Bullets pretty much uh, nails it. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. Thank you so much for being patient and listening to the show. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you uh, Friday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.